Welcome to the RMMTV podcast. I'm Rennie McLean. We are into the supernatural. We believe that the supernatural is the way that you're to walk, the way you're to live. I'm Dr. Marina McLean, and I know that this is a time to walk naturally in the supernatural, grasping all the facets and infrastructure that keeps your mind tuned to what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. Come and find out how to walk in the supernatural by becoming a subscriber to RMMTV now. Let's lift our hands before the Lord as we come into His presence tonight. Lord, we come into your presence for one purpose, to hear your voice, to hear what you are saying. Lord, we open our hearts to hear your voice, and we believe that what you say is the truth, because truth remains, and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. I tell you, people, tonight, I just want to get straight into this word. I'm speaking on an interesting subject because I believe it's something that we all have battled or sometimes we battle it. It's simply called understanding unbelief. Unbelief is a very powerful force, and we're going to look at why it's so powerful. We're going to look at the consequences of unbelief, and we're going to see why God judges unbelief so harshly. I want you to go with me to Hebrews chapter 3, verse 8, and listen to what it says. It says, harden not your hearts. Mark that word, hardened. Harden not your hearts as in the day of provocation, in the day of temptation in the wilderness, when your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works for 40 years. Wherefore, I was grieved with that generation and said, they do also error in their heart, and they have not known my ways. So I have sworn in my wrath that they shall not enter into my rest. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you, and I want you to hear how God says it, an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. Now I want you to write this down. This, this is a lot of truth to write down. Mark in your mind the hardened heart. Mark that down in your Bible. And then mark down the word generation. Mark those, mark those two words down. There's a lot I wanted to mark. I'm just going to go with those two. I want you to notice that God described that people 
as a generation. In fact, you could arguably say that this is probably the most strongest sin that there is. I don't know of any other sin that has a higher consequence except blasphemy. Because the Bible says there's no forgiveness in that. But we know what blasphemy is. My goodness. But we know what blasphemy is. It's out of the what? It's out of a hardened heart. It doesn't miss. And it's out of a heart of unbelief. So we're still in the same vein. So unbelief is so powerful. And I want you to picture this now. For 40 years, you see the provision of God. You see signs and wonders practically on a daily basis. You have the wealth of the wicked. You live in divine health for 40 years. And yet, God's testimony concerning Israel was that they had unbelief. Now, that's interesting because in the world we live in, what do we say? Seeing is what? Believing. How could you see all that and not believe? So that means that unbelief is not just a mentality. There's a spirit behind it because it's an antichrist. It opposes everything God says. It opposes everything God does. It opposes the supernatural every time. Unbelief always says it can be logically, it can be logically explained. It never accepts God. Because in unbelief, God is divorced from that reasoning. So for that generation, they were forbidden to enter a promise. Now, in, into the promised land. Now, let me ask you this question. Because this is something that I, I'm, I tremble when I say it because I know a lot of believers who battle this. And I want to ask you this question. Has God's mind changed towards unbelief. Now, don't just jump and just say, well, whatever. No, 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 no. Consciously think of that. Has God's mind changed towards unbelief? He judged it in a wilderness with a nation. He's still judging it now. And with unbelief, the reason why it is so strong is because it is, this, it is a spirit. And it is the very nature of the Antichrist spirit to oppose God, to find another way outside of God. And if you're struggling with unbelief, then this is what we know is going to happen. You will not come into the promise that God has for your life. You say, why? The hindrance is your unbelief. And let me tell you where your unbelief comes from. We are born into a world that Satan sits over the educational system. 
So from the minute you're born and you go to school and you learn the ways of the world, you are taught outside of God. They do not teach you the ways of God. Well, the reason why they cannot teach you the ways of God is because the Bible says God's ways are what? Higher. God's thoughts are what? Higher. And you're trying to fit what's higher into your thoughts. And when you try to do that, it will blow your mind every time because God is bigger than your reason. He's bigger than your educational system. But this is the key. If we can't conceive it, if we don't, if it doesn't fit what we're taught, we're taught to reject it. So by nature, the natural mind is trained to reject miracles. It is trained to reject God. So we're trying to find how things exist, how things happen without God. Well, that's the power of unbelief because it is the staple of sin, unbelief. And God said, take heed. And he's saying it now thousands of years after this has happened to them. Hear now what Paul is now saying now. Take heed, brethren, lest there be any of you with an, un, with an evil heart of unbelief. God himself calls that heart evil. Evil. In departing from the living God, you become evil because you're now against what God is saying. Today in the church world, we're dealing with two factors that needs to be understood. We're dealing with a church that is backslidden. And then we're dealing with a church that is in apostasy. Now, let me explain to you the difference between the two, because I'm going to keep saying this because it has to be understood. The difference between apostasy and being backslidden is this. When somebody is backslidden, they don't deny God. They're just not walking with God. And I was they're not living up to it, but they don't deny it. Apostasy, apostasy means you've renounced it. You've defected from it. It's no longer true. It's not real. That's apostasy. And the church right now is in apostasy. You say, why? Because there's certain things about the word, listen to this, that we don't believe anymore. We say, oh, he used to. We've renounced it. We're in apostasy. I didn't say that, we don't, that we're struggling now. We actually just don't flat out believe it. That's the wickedness of the heart. It tries to find something that only God can do, and it dismantles it through systematic thinking and reason. And God said to these people, to the children of Israel back then, and he's saying it now. He says, you're not going to come into the promise. You're not going to come into the promise. Now, here now what Jesus said. Let me just show you the power of this. This is interesting. St. John 8, sorry, St. John 5, verse 37 and 38. It's, it reads like this. And the Father himself, which had sent me, had borne witness of me. Ye have neither heard his voice at any time, nor seen his shape. And here is that. And ye have not his word abiding in you, for whom he has sent him, you believe not. Hear me now. 
How can you believe? This is powerful, my God. How can you believe the written word and not believe the word made flesh? What a chasm. How can you believe one without the other? How can you believe the rhema and not believe the logos? How can you believe the logos and not believe the rhema? Is there a discrepancy between the two or are the two one? The logos is what is written. The rhema is what God is. The rhema is what God is revealing out of the logos. Oh God, this is powerful. So in other words, Jesus said, if you really know what you say, you know, if you believe what's written, you're looking at it now in flesh. How can you not believe the word made flesh? That is unbelief. Listen to this now. Listen to this now. I'm sorry. St. John 16, verse 7 to 10. Hear what it says. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. And when he is come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment of sin, hear this now, because they believed not on me of righteousness, because I go to my Father, and ye see me no more. Now, listen to this. This is profound. Jesus said, when the Holy Spirit's come, <laughs> let me take my time and say this. It is impossible to be filled with the Holy Spirit and have unbelief. We've just read it. When the Holy Ghost has come, you're going to know what you didn't know. When the Holy Ghost has come, you're going to understand the things you could not understand with your natural mind before. The Holy Spirit because one of the definitions of the Holy Spirit is he is called the spirit of truth. That's all he can ever tell you. When the Holy Spirit's in you, he dispels deception. He dispels what man is saying to you, what is not of God. The Holy Spirit. And that was Jesus didn't leave us to our own devices to understand him. So that's why he said when the Holy Spirit's come unto us, he's going to teach us what? All things. Hear this scripture now. This to, me, this to me is very powerful, and it bears a lot of teaching. Listen to this. St. John 12, verse 37. It says, and though he had done, this is the power of unbelief, but though he had done so many miracles before them, yet they believed not on him. We are programmed to science at the dismissal of the word and God. And yet the first revelation that we have of God is this, is that God was and is his word. In the beginning was the word. 
And the word was with God and the word was God. God first reveals himself in the word. Now, here is now. Whether or not you understand the word doesn't change the word being God. We're looking at it like this. If we don't understand it, it can't be God. Let me tell you something. I have seen thousands of miracles, thousands of miracles in our ministry, in my lifetime in ministry, thousands of miracles. And I'm going to tell you this right now. Not one I understand. From the deaf hearing, to the blind seeing, to the lame walking, to the AIDS victim being healed. From creative parts being formed in people. I don't, hear me, I don't have to understand that for God to be able to do that. Because God is not limited to my understanding of him. Whether or not I understand it or not, God is still God. I don't understand how the universe functions. The, the universe is older than you. How are you going to try and understand all of it? And to you, it has, this is the funny thing is, this is the funny thing. It has to make sense for you to believe it. But what if I said to you, it has to make no sense for it to only be God, because only God can do the things that don't make sense. Can you tell me, tell me this, what sense does it make to you? A lion looking at a man in a cave and have no desire to eat him. Can you tell me what it is for free boys to be in a, in, a, in a fiery furnace and not burn? None of those things are logical. Can you tell me the logic of a, of, a, of a sea opening and a nation passing through it? Can you tell me the logic of a woman 90 years of age giving birth? None of these things, according to science, is supposed to happen. And when they do happen, it is the nature of natural science to oppose anything that God does because if it's not natural, it's not acceptable. Watch it that you don't fall into this sin of unbelief because the consequence of it is you can miss your blessing. You can miss your breakthrough. This thing is very, very, very powerful. It is so loud, loaded. And here what he says, and it makes no difference. And, and, it's in, and now this is what's funny now. And I know a lot of churches that, that thrive on this and don't understand that they've got it back to front. Listen to what the scripture says. Jesus said, this is what the scripture is concerning Jesus. And though he had done so many miracles before them, yet they believed not on him. See, and it's interesting, and yet we will build our ministry on miracles. A miracle will not change the mind of a person who is opposed. That is something that only God can sovereignly do, and that's why you've got to understand the way to it. This is Jesus Christ, the greatest of all, and it says they still didn't believe. So don't build your ministry on the fact that you have a few miracles. If that's what you're doing, you're going to, I can tell you it right now, you will have a shelf life. You build it on the word. Because the revelation of God is what? His word. Miracles are what he does, but the revelation is his word. Hear it again. And though he had done so many miracles before them, yet they believed not on him. It is possible. For more, 
breakthrough encounters, visit us on rmm.live.